Welcome to the Digital Hustle Tribe podcast. I am your host, Yasmin Robles, and I am so excited for today's guest, Danielle Lim, who is the co-creator of Haven Collective, which is a co-working community in Columbus, Ohio, and they also have a virtual community for those of us who are either staying home or a little bit further away from where they're at. She comes with 17 years of experience in marketing, project management, and all the things. I'm just so excited to have her. And before we get started, make sure to go and provide us with a rating, a wherever you're at, whether it is Apple Podcasts, anywhere, leave us a review, tell us how we're doing. And if you have an idea for a topic, or if you know of someone who'd make an excellent guest, please let me know. Go to digitalhustletribe.com and fill out the contact form. All right, let's get to our conversation. Thank you everybody for being with us today. My name is Yasmin and I'm the founder of the Digital Hustle Tribe where I interview amazing business owners and digital mavens so that you can build your empire, build it with confidence. So today I'm here with Danielle who is the owner of Haven Collective and which is a a co-working community in Columbus, Ohio. It is where I have my office and my headquarters. It's where I go to feel sane. Um, Daniel has over 17 years of experience in marketing, project management, and venture capital. When she's not building the Haven community, which you should definitely join, Danielle is participating in green volunteer activities, snuggling her two cats, and enjoying the latest restaurant in Columbus with her husband, which just all sounds really amazing. So Danielle, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Absolutely, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Absolutely a pleasure. Um, Haven Collective um, came about after many, many years of working from home. So in all of my past experience um, working for venture capital firm, um, working in the green industry, I was a work from home, you know, digital nomad, so they say. And realized how isolating that was. And I had a problem with a lot of the options around town. And so that led to us talking about what was wrong with the opportunities and, you know, accessibility. And my best friend and now business partner, Melissa Blackburn and I um, just basically decided that we would create a space that made sense for people like us. And we're so thankful that it has resonated with others. And it's been a lot of fun building this brand and using my past experience um, on the other side of you know, investments um, from that venture side and wrapping that up with my marketing experience to help all of our members kind of grow and expand their businesses. That is really, that's really amazing. I just love that you, you bring 17 years of experience to marketing and to professionals and that we can always find you at Haven and ask you questions and pick your brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite parts, honestly. So let's talk branding. How can a new business uh, find their voice, their brand voice and, and make it unique and not, and really stand out from their competition? You know, it starts by being willing to ask yourself the most annoying questions on the face of the earth, right? Um, most of our most of our members are freelancers and small business owners, entrepreneurs that don't necessarily have a team or a business partner to 
push them in these areas. And so you start by asking yourself, you know, who you are, what you stand for and what value you're providing to potential customers, clients, um, what have you. And then you have to keep asking yourself why over and over and over again until it's like down to the smallest little thing that's going to make the biggest impact for those potential clients and customers. And if you don't ask yourself enough questions, if you don't challenge your assumptions, um, then your brand isn't going to resonate. It's not going to stand out. It's going to look like everyone else's. And I think that's the thing that most um, small business owners are afraid to do. They think they know who their client is and they just run with it without verifying it, without questioning those assumptions, sometimes assuming that who they are is who their client is. And so they just ask themselves what they would like and they run with it. And while that's a great place to start, you need to verify, you need to survey, you need to ask, and you need to like really challenge your assumptions on that because your client may not be exactly who you think they are. Um, and you know, then iterating. So if you start with something and then you learn that your client isn't necessarily who you thought they were, you need to be willing to change up what you're doing and change up your brand voice, um, to connect with the actual person. Yeah. And I love that you, you actually, you're not just saying it, you guys actually walk, talk, walk the talk, <laughs> um, at Haven because when I, I constantly get surveys from you guys and you're always in the virtual community asking what we want, asking for what topics we want to hear about and what can help our businesses grow. And to me that as a I guess, consumer of your brand, um, mm -hmm. it just feels like I'm being listened to. Um, so even if I request, you know, a spa day at Haven, maybe once 2020 is <laughs> over, I know that you guys might try to work it in. Maybe it's like mm -hmm. a, a smaller spa day <laughs> envisioning, but you guys really listen to the requests and try to make it happen for your members, for the coworkers, mm -hmm. as well as the people in the offices. Right. Um, so why is it so, and you touched on it a little bit, but why is it that important to have a brand voice? Why can't we just start a business and just run with it? Um, is that a detriment to our success if we did it that way? You know, if you're very clear in the beginning about who you are and how you're going to talk about your brand and talk to your customer, then you're going to be consistent. And the consistency is how your customer knows that they can trust you in an ongoing long-term relationship right? If you're constantly shifting or changing because you didn't narrow it down and it was just a whim, they're not going to really get to know you. They're not going to necessarily trust you. And it means that they're going to be more likely to switch to other, you know, businesses or other freelancers or what have you, um, to fulfill that need because they know what they're going to get. You know, when they come to us, they know exactly what they're going to get at Haven Collective inside of our community they know that they're coming for personal and professional development. They know they're coming for connection and they know that Melissa and I are going to ensure that they connect with the right people because we talk about it and then we do it over and over and over again. And so while you can iterate and you can shift focus, it's really good to at least have that foundation set. And then you need to 
share those expectations with your customers. And then if you do change it, tell them, tell them why be transparent about it. They're not going to hate you if you have to make a shift, but if you make a shift and you don't explain to them, you know, why you're doing it or what you're doing, um, they might not think it's for them. They might not think that it has anything to do with, you know, it has to do with you and not with your customer. And that's not necessarily something that resonates and keeps them coming back for sure. Yeah. And I, just from internal views, um, when creating websites for people, you, the biggest problem that I hear is that clients don't understand their voice. And so I can't design, I can design as many things as possible. I can go from, you know, a very feminine looking website to a very masculine one, but if they don't bring the true voice of the brand that they want to see, we might be reiterating that website over mm -hmm. and over again. Same thing with logos and all that stuff. So even internally, it seems to affect businesses. It really, it really does. It, it allows you to know every caption you're going to post with us with an image. It allows you to use the language of your customer in all of your copy and give them what they really need, you know, really provide that value from the inside out. I will say that having been in general marketing for so long as well, a lot of companies try to cut costs by writing copy themselves because they think, Oh, I can write an email. I can certainly write the copy on a website. I just don't have the technical skills to code it. Um, surprise, surprise, that ends up usually being the holdup of a lot of marketing efforts, not really understanding your voice, not understanding how to write copy and sharing what you're doing in a way that your customer will understand. And you can tell usually in a website immediately if they don't know their brand voice, because there'll be three paragraphs of something that could be explained in two sentences. Yeah, and that's that's usually in when I'm in the agency realm. Um, that's what holds up a website a lot is people are trying to do the copy themselves, but it's really hard to write about your company, but from the mindset of your customer. And you're so in mm -hmm. deep with your company that it's extreme. It just takes way too long, and then so I'm there waiting for the copy to come in, um, and then oh, it yeah. doesn't. It usually doesn't really embody the the brand, the the target market, and so it just feels either stale or it feels like you were speaking to yourself back to your point of it shouldn't be about your brand shouldn't really be about you. It should be about your target market and how you should be speaking to them in their language. Absolutely. It's a, a struggle for all of us, but don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> um, so what are the top fundamentals for a successful brand? You know, we've, we've talked a lot about brand voice and I think that that's really, you know, it can, it can be something that you get to by starting with your values, your mission statement, all of those like basic um, foundation pieces, those building blocks of your business that you can time and time again come back to and make sure that you're following through on those brand promises. Um, so it can start there. You can build on that to determine how serious or how silly your brand voice is going to be, how conversational or educational it's going to be. Um, and then learning that tone and then, then, and only then that's when I usually say, then get to the fun part. Then you determine imagery and logos and things that reflect your brand voice. I think oftentimes people enjoy those aspects, the design, the, the visual side of things, and they want to start there and then back it into their brand voice. And it ends up not necessarily always meshing. You know, you talk about how your brand is 
you you know, you want your brand to be simple, but then you had started with imagery that was, you know, flourish and gaudy or, you know, just very, um, lots of layers. And it doesn't reflect that simple voice or that simple value that you really wanted it to bring to the table and portray for your customers. So I think that if you start with the, you know, the fundamental building blocks of values, mission, purpose, um, and then build on that, your brand voice, start with the words, then move forward in with purpose to designing what that really feels and looks like. Yeah. And I'm definitely guilty of even with Instagram posts, I'm like, Oh, this is a really cute image. Now, how does this fit into? <laughs> now, what do I want to say? <laughs> now, how, what, what do I say? It's a beautiful cup, uh, cup of coffee. What, how can I fit this into my, into my wording? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're, if, to be fair, if you're working with product or, if you're working with something um, very visual, it can go the opposite direction, but usually it still is something. Like if you're talking about a shampoo, your product is the goop inside, right? And so that's not really where you're starting. You are starting with the words and the brand to design the bottle. But if you're starting with a physical thing like a plant or a planter, it can go the opposite direction. You can start with that visual and work your way backwards to how do I talk about it. Um, but most people think that every product needs to start with the visual instead of the words. And I, I would disagree on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had to redo way, way too many websites and, and graphics. Um, now, now I'm like, no, if you don't have your brand voice really, or if you know that this is just a website that you're just launching for like the next three months that you understand, get to understand your target mm -hmm. market, then I'm like, okay, let's, let's get working on it. But if it's something where it's a mega launch. I'm like, oh, you, you need to know. Go, go see Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the hard part. Everybody knows it's hard. Honestly, mm -hmm. everyone knows it's hard, which is why they want to skip over it mm -hmm. and yeah. try and back their way into it. Really. Um, okay. So what are, so let's say we have a brand, we have our business. We've been around for about a year, two years um, and something massive worldwide happens. Uh, this is being recorded in 2020. Everybody knows what happened in 2020, hopefully, unless they've been living under a rock. Um, if so, where something were to happen, or let's say the brand, you purchased a brand, so you purchased a business that's been around, but you want to shift it, some kind of pivot. How can you pivot it without, one, losing that voice, or how can you pivot the voice without angering and getting mobs of people? <laughs> you go back to your building blocks. Go back to your foundation, go back to your mission statement, your values, and ask those same questions that you started with. Ask them again, because your customer has experienced a major shift in their lives. So for Haven, we know that, yes, we provide a co-working space, a physical location for people to come and work and get their best stuff done, right? But beyond that, they come for connection because they don't want to be isolated, either isolated in their business, isolated in their homes, isolated on their teams. They don't want to feel lonely. And with that isolation usually comes the inability to grow either within a company going up the ladder or to continue growing their business because by yourself, you don't often have the motivation, inspiration to keep you motivated every day, right? So if we go back to those building blocks and we say that we're here for helping you connect, we're here to end isolation, we're here to help you continue growing personally and professionally, how can we do that for you today? 
And those are the things that you can still provide to your customers, no matter what your you know, product or service is. When you're trying to figure out how to pivot, go back to your foundation, figure out what value you're actually providing to your customer, and explore how you can continue providing that value in their new situation. So in pandemic times, a lot of people are working from home. They have completely different needs and expectations than they had before. But a lot of their problems are still the same. And so you just need to figure out how do I reach them today? How do I provide them value today that looks different than what it did six, nine months ago? And that's really where it all starts. And if you didn't know what your value and your purpose was in the beginning, there's no better time than now to figure that out. Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are probably thinking like, oh, Yasmin provides website services. Okay, but what does she really provide? She provides a kick-ass way for you to connect with your clients. So did she really need to pivot or did she just need to figure out where you are now and give you the same thing there? So, you know, you can't meet in person. Okay, how did that really change? She's, you're still providing them value to connect with their customers. Um, and so I think, you know, there's no better time than now to, to really figure that out and ask the hard questions. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that's what you guys at Haven did, um, you and Melissa with the virtual community, because when that, when the pandemic hit, everybody was stuck at home and we did have Haven did have the Facebook group. Um, and there was some changes to the Facebook group. And then, um, and we were, there was a lot of us that I would speak to that we're trying to get be involved in the Facebook group, but it was just way too much, you know, immediately when you, if you're just going to post something on Facebook, you cannot just post and leave. And then you get all the messages that you might not want to hear. You don't want to hear about people's political views. You just don't want to hear any of it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of almost like social media overwhelm. And then you guys listened to that and you came out with the virtual community that's on a different platform mm -hmm. that is focused on our development, whether that's personal or professional. And with all these great virtual events that, and to top that off, you created the collectives. Sorry, now I'm, now I'm, <laughs> I'm girl crushing, but, um, <laughs> but the collectives were just, and I, I'm assuming another great pivot to creating that community and um, a nice way to meet once a month with the same people and see how we can help each other grow and um, mm -hmm. all while being under a theme of a book and, and all that great stuff. But it's just been really great to connect with other people and keep ourselves sane mm -hmm. during this time and have that almost like a nice constant in a time of so much pivoting. Um, that, that, so I think that's a really great example of listening to the, having a business, having something that's great and then being able to listen and pivot um, and provide value to your customers. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was a gut reaction in the beginning that we ended up testing a bunch of different things right here in the beginning of those changes. And you're right. Um, we found that you know, a lot of people immediately lacked connection when everything closed down. And so they jumped on social media because it was the only platform available that they had at their fingertips to connect. And then you start realizing the real, um, you know, the, the difficulties with connecting there. Um, there's a lot of distractions, a ton of distractions and a lot of 
emotional things that you find in social media, you know, beyond um, just the political conversations, you know, family is posting about hardships or happiness, and that impacts your ability to focus on your business. Um, the advertising that goes on in these platforms, it was all of these little things just made it impossible to truly connect. And we're here to help you focus, not to provide more distraction. And so we knew we had to leave the platform. And so we spent some time finding the right place to take our community so that they could literally log in from anywhere at their fingertips and participate in the kinds of conversations and accountability questions that we used to have at the front desk of the space. And we didn't want that to be any more difficult than walking in the door and shouting, oh my God, I need help with this thing. Um, or, oh my God, can you believe this? And, you know, those conversations used to, you know, just happen on the fly and we wanted that to still be the case. And so the virtual community, the virtual membership really helped people continue to stay that, you know, stay connected from home. Um, and that's continuing to, to grow. And, you know, as we all realize and settle in and see that things could be here for a little while and, um, let's really get down into it. And the collectives were another way that people could have those, you know, kitchenette conversations while they're getting their coffee with one another, um, and bringing all together with, with purpose. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been great to, to be a part of it and see firsthand how, not from behind the scenes, but just as a customer, see how much purpose was put behind the changes and all with the intent of creating this great atmosphere for coworkers and people who, although we could have, at points we could have come into the office, just mm -hmm. didn't feel like getting out of, out of our pajamas anymore, so. <laughs> Not yeah, speaking I mean, from experience. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. You know, people are coming back in more and more. And yet, you know, that virtual community, that virtual membership is still active. And, you know, it's still the place where, you know, you can connect with people when they're not in the office. Because even, even pre-pandemic, you know, not everyone was in the office at the same time all the time. And so if you wanted to have conversations with them, you'd wait or you'd, you know, text or whatever. But now you can do it on the fly, you know, right in the community and tag people and get their attention um, and, and keep that going sometimes, you know, with multiple people, not just, not just one or two. Yep. Yep. So if, what can we do to increase our brand recognition? Um, and especially during these times when everything seems to be going virtual, but not, maybe we're going to be shifting out of it. We're not sure yet. Um, how can we increase that brand recognition without having to attend a bunch of events or without being able to attend a bunch of in-person events? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the ways that we did it before the pandemic are still probably going to be the same, just slightly modified, right? So word of mouth is still huge. And so sharing that with everyone that you know and asking them to share it with their community, their network, um, there are still a lot of virtual events that are taking place and you can also connect with people more broadly than you used to. So if your brand was very local, but you've taken it online, and you're helping people nationally, now you can attend events virtually nationally and connect with a broader audience. 
Um, if you've got a feel good story, you know, it's more likely to be picked up in earned media. So, you know, your PR, your local um, journalists, your local bloggers, they're looking for good, interesting stories. And especially on the positive side of things, they don't want to constantly be writing about COVID or constantly writing about the election. Um, they're looking for interesting things that are happening, not just, oh, businesses are closing or this restaurant is struggling or what have you. They're really, really digging in. So if you've got some positive story, if you've pivoted and you're serving different clients or you're serving them better, or it's actually helped your business in a surprising way, reach out to people, send them an email, connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, they're looking to, to feature you. They really are. I promise. Um, and if you in the past were, you know, hesitant to go into online advertising or any kind of advertising as of right now, so many huge companies have cut back their budgets, um, for print ads, for digital ads. You might find that your budget goes a heck of a lot further than it used to. Now, I'm not going to necessarily say that Google and Facebook have changed anything, but if you're looking at more local or smaller organizations, they're hurting and they need your, your advertising dollars and they're willing to cut deals and they're willing to you know, work with you on something that um, maybe they wouldn't have before because they were full anyway. So if you have some kind of an advertising budget and you want to you know, reach a broader audience, now's the time. Um, so give it a shot, dip your toe in the water. Um, those are, those are just some of the normal things, but I don't honestly think that the way you connect has or the options for how you connect have changed. It's more just, um, moving those dollars around or doing it in a less in-person manner, but people are still out there. They're still looking. So yeah, don't be awesome. afraid. Um, so do you have any other last tips to give us, um, struggling entrepreneurs? Struggling entrepreneurs. I don't think that everyone is struggling, but I will encourage people because um, this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, freelancers and small business owners who are afraid to put themselves in their brand. They like to hide You're behind the <laughs> they like to hide behind the facade of the brand. Now I get it. If you want to make yourself appear to be more than just a solopreneur, if you want to you know, make yourself appear more professional than maybe you are in real life. I get it. But also people have always done business with people, not with brands. They choose people. And so the more you can allow them to see who you are, they'll actually feel the authenticity. They'll see the transparency and it allows them to connect and feel like you really know them. Um, people will think, Oh my God, like, I really, really like where Yasmin's coming from and they're more likely to want to work with you than they are necessarily to work with Robles designs. Right. So even with Haven, you know, as much as Melissa hates it, um, we put ourselves in the marketing and in the brand quite a bit because people do business with people. And if we just hide behind Haven collectives name, and just hold our fingers, you know, cross our fingers that it works. Um, you don't necessarily feel the same kind of connection and draw to, to buy and participate. And when we're talking about community, community is people, it's not businesses. So, um, I just encourage people to step out from behind the brand and, um, be seen and share.
So you just gave me permission to be super awkward on video and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it makes it makes you a human, um, and people like when you're you're humanized. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a superhero. All right. Well, everybody heard it here. Awkward, awkward me is going to be coming out. <laughs> All right. So what can you give me one fun fact about yourself? Um, I don't actually remember what I told you in advance, but um, so many funny facts. We might get a different one. I know. I'm like, what did I, what did I write last night? Um, Would you like me to remind you? <laughs> your fun fact. Sure. Uh, it has to do with uh, you liking to dance while oh you're my shopping. Gosh. Okay, so this <laughs> is, okay, so this is one that Melissa calls me out on all the time. When I'm in a store, I will dance down the aisle. Um, I will, it's not, a, it's not a beautiful dance. This is no like, um, it's not like ballroom or anything that you can really distinguish as a dance, but it doesn't matter what the music is. You've heard the horrible elevator music, the music, whatever it is that plays in the grocery store or in, you know, Marshalls or whatever it is. And I will dance every time with my cart and she will laugh at me every single time. Um, I also, according to my husband, know all the lyrics to every song on the radio, which is not necessarily true, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> it's pretty damn close. that you listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I prefer the radio. I'm old school. Okay. Yeah. Usually, uh, if I turn on the radio, um, I'm like, I forget that it is the radio. I'm like, why is there so many commercials? What is wrong? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's yeah. right. It's a, it's a radio. Yeah. That's yeah, what it was like. Oh yeah, radio. Circa two thousand. Um, What's that? Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't dance um in stores, but I do think that I have <clears throat> as my voice is going away, the most amazing singing voice in the car. So yes. yeah, definitely. Um mm -hmm. and I think it's and I do it also to set the example for my kids to not be embarrassed of themselves and their voice. So when they're in the car, mm -hmm. I will sing and they're just they might be enjoying yeah. it. I'm not sure their faces are a little dubious, but um, they will try and join in, maybe to drown me out. But Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. Singing is for fun. Unless it's your mm -hmm. profession and you have to be on, you know, on the note, who cares if you're off? Yeah. You weren't trained. You're just having a good time, and that's what music's for. Yeah, definitely. Yay. All right. Well, I'll come sing with you anytime. All right, good. <laughs> but it has to be in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Or in a bathroom. I can really, and the bathroom's good too. Oh yeah, good acoustics. Yeah. All right. So I did have one final question. In your bio, you mentioned green volunteer activities. And I know mm -hmm. that we've chatted about some of these before. Um, can you just give me a quick like, synopsis of what those activities are, or how we can get involved, or what exactly does it mean? Yes, yes, yes. So for about eight years, I was in a nonprofit organization on the board. Um, it's called Green Columbus. And they're a local nonprofit here in the city that connects other nonprofits with community members to do all sorts of green, um, non, you know, volunteer work throughout our community. So they do everything from planting trees to remediating um, 
and removing invasive species. So if you wanted to get dirty, those are some of the options there. They also help with litter cleanups and um, removing graffiti around town. But there are a lot of tiny green nonprofits that focus in specific areas of the community or on a specific project. And Green Columbus is kind of that umbrella organization that helps people find their passion project and connect with these smaller nonprofits. And also they run the Earth Day celebration here um, where they get thousands and thousands and thousands of people to, um, to participate across the community. And I know last year they planted something like 20,000 trees on Earth Day, which is really incredible. Um, and it's really helpful to, you know, not only see the trees that provide beauty, but you also know that they help clean your air and help your community in a number of ways. Plus when you plant a tree, it feels good. Um, so, so that's been my specific experience, but I highly, I mean, you can go in your, you know, on your street and pick up litter anytime. Um, most of our litter, people think that most of our litter comes from people throwing out their car windows or just throwing a, you know, piece of thing on the track, on the, on the ground when they're walking but really most of our litter comes from um, it falling off of trash trucks. So when you think that you're getting rid of your garbage in a responsible way, you don't realize that as it's going down the road, things are flying out the back of it. And that's where the bulk of our trash comes from um, when you see litter on the ground. And so you might be picking up your own trash and not know it. So I highly encourage people to get out there and help out. I, I never, I it just, it seems so obvious, but I never realized that that's, I just thought it was people. I'm like, damn, darn these people <laughs> throwing their trash out. Could have been me. <laughs> yeah. Who's been eating yeah. all those tacos? What is wrong with them? <laughs> I know it's so small and it's, um, it's, uh, so important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us all about branding and, and giving us all of your experience. Um, where can we find you if we have any more questions or want to set something up with you? Absolutely. So um, most of the time when you're communicating in any of Haven's marketing channels, you're going to be talking to myself. So you're going to be talking to me. You can find me on Instagram at haven.collective. Um, if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, it's danielle.lim, the number two. Um, and then, of course, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as well, Haven Collective. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty easy to find. We try to, to, be where, to be where you are looking. So. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll link to those in the notes. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and, um, and giving us all your information. And definitely, I miss... Um, being able to just go downstairs and, and get your take on something. <laughs> now I actually have to schedule a call with you, but um, <laughs> still great information. Um, all right, that's it for, um, for us, and I will catch everybody in the next episode. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye.